All right, call to order the MPOJC Urbanized Area Policy Board meeting of Wednesday, September 20th, 2017. Uh, number one, recognize alternates. We've got Paul Rossler here for Chris Lynch from the Iowa City Community School District and Kurt Fries for Mike Carberry for the Board of Supervisors. Okay. Uh, 1B, consider approval of the meeting minutes. So moved. Second. Moved by Dickens, seconded by Donahue. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes, thank you. <coughs> Set the next board meeting date, time and location, uh, November 15th, tentatively hosted by Johnson County. Does that work for most people? They had a chance to check? Okay. We will set it as the 15th. Kent will let us know for sure on location Correct. when that goes out. Thank you. Item number two, any public discussion on any item that is not on the agenda? Does anybody? Looks like we have all staff mm -hmm. in, the, in the audience. <laughs> all right. Seeing none, we'll move on to item three. Uh, public hearing and consideration of a resolution adopting a revised MPOJC public participation plan. Yes, thank you. Uh, Brad Newman, Assistant Transportation Planner. <clears throat> what you have here is our public participation plan for the MPO. Uh, this is something we're supposed to do every five years in conjunction with the Long Range Transportation Plan. Uh, I think we missed last time because this document now is 2010, so it's still JCCOG uh, instead of the MPO. So um, basically this is uh, a document that we use that specifies and formalizes our, um, our process in the, in, the, in the planning. All the major planning documents we do. Um, You'll see in the document itself, um, we list a number of larger planning documents that we do, such as the public participation plan, which is what you're looking at right now. You'll see that requires a 45-day notice, published notice in the newspaper, which we've done. Uh, have not received any input um, from that. Uh, we also look at the long-range transportation plan and the amendments to that plan the transportation improvement program and amendments, uh, the passenger transportation plan, and the MPO JC work program. Um, the requirements, they, they differ from plan to plan based on if they're state or federal requirements. Uh, they'll, re they'll include uh, public comment periods, notices, open houses, things like that. And, and what we've done here is basically clarified things a little bit, make it more user-friendly than the last document in 2010. It was kind of hard to follow. Uh, you'll see at the end of the document there is a table that kind of is what we use when we go document by document and what is required. So um, that's what we're uh, asking you to approve tonight. Um, Technical Advisory Committee reviewed it, uh, recommended approval. Um, so we're, we're asking for approval as well. Any questions of Brad? Yeah, the only thing I'd add, Brad touched on this, but there really aren't any substantive changes to this. It's really just making it an easier read and then making a nicer chart so that everyone can follow along with all the different programs that we that we work on. All right, technically our agenda shows a public hearing, so I will open the public hearing. Is there anybody who would like to address us on that? Yeah, hmm. I'll, yeah I'll get to that. Close the public hearing. Do we have a motion? So moved. Second. Oh, you can't I do that. We need somebody. Second. Second. Okay. Uh, moved by the city, seconded by University Heights. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. <coughs> Pauline, come on up and join us. Yeah, just 
we can grab a chair here somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Item four, um, transportation planning, I guess we've got Brad again, is a public hearing and consideration of an amendment to the fiscal year 18 to 21 MPOJC transportation improvement program tip regarding the limits of Coralville's First Avenue reconstruction project. Yes, this is an amendment um, that was requested by the city of Coralville. Uh, it's, like the description said, it's basically uh, clarifying the, the scope description of that project on First Avenue between 6th and 9th Street. Uh, basically, there's more work being done on 6th than it needed to define those boundaries uh, east and west of First Avenue. Um, the, the, the language that you have in the, in the, uh, the memo uh, comes from the DOT, so it's right. <laughs> um, and they need this language corrected in order to proceed uh, with the city of Coralville. Um, so we're requesting that you approve the amendment. Uh, TAC looked it over and uh, unanimously uh, was for it. So. Yeah, the city of Coralville has actually received funding for this project twice through the MPO, through our surface transportation block grant program. And when they came back the second time for the additional funding, that project scope had actually, well, it had crept just a little bit onto a couple of the side streets. So this is just to make sure we've got the right language in the TIP. Any questions of Brad or Kent? Okay. All right, I will open the public hearing. Anybody from the public who would like to address this? We don't need a hearing on this one. Oh, we did. Oh, we've That's got. Hey, one. we've got it. We've got it on the agenda. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Close the public hearing. It does. Move for. Oh, yes, we do. Resolution. Move the amendment. Okay. Yeah, move second. Second. Okay, we've got a by the city and second by Coralville. Any discussion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. <coughs> Thank you very much. Got that. It, it did need the <laughs> public hearing. I'm on to the next one already. That's, that's okay. Sorry about that. No, 4B, consider adoption of the MPOJC transit performance targets. As, Go as, ahead, Brad. And I think we've talked in the future or in the past here about transit asset management planning. Uh, it's a new requirement by the Federal Transit Administration of transit and the MPOs. Um, so it basically asks, transit and the MPOs to develop targets in three areas, and it's rolling stock, equipment, and facilities. Uh, we will use um, useful life and condition benchmarks that are provided by the Federal Transit Administration. Um, it gets a little confusing here, but the, the transit agencies need to set their own performance targets, which they've done, which are included in your memo. Um, I'll get the I didn't put in the signed copies from each um, transit agency, but we have those. Um, basically, you'll see it's kind of a, a current condition report as a target. So they list uh, based on um, useful life on rolling stock, and then most of the facilities are newer, so there's not a lot of issue there uh, either. Um, but the MPO has to have transit targets as well for the urbanized area. And so what we've decided to do is just adopt transit's targets as our own for the urbanized area, which is fine with the DOT. It's the, the transit targets will become part of the transit asset management plan, which is required by the FTA. Those are due next October uh, in 2018. Um, so we'll be working with them and providing one plan, not three, which is kind of nice, but that'll include an inventory uh, and some planning uh, in that document for those folks. 
what we're doing here when we adopt the transit targets for the urbanized areas, we will submit those to the Iowa Department of Transportation and they will keep those on file. Uh, so those will not be submitted directly to FTA. If FTA wants to see it, they will ask DOT or us for that. But I think this is what most of the MPOs are doing. They're just adopting the local, unless you want to set your own targets, which I guess I why, why, why would we want to do that? So, uh, so that's where we're at. Um, like I said, we'll be working with the transit agencies, getting that plan put together for next year. Just saw a webinar on it this afternoon on how to do the inventory, and it's quite a uh, very extensive. So we're just lucky we don't have rail yet. So it gets even worse. Um, Tech did look this over and recommended approval. So staff is re requesting approval. Okay. Any questions of Brad? Do we have a motion? So moved. Moved by Iowa City, seconded by the university. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? And I do have two documents for you to sign yep. before you leave, yep. so we got thank you. All right, thank you, Brett. 4C, update on potential Federal Highway Administration funding rescissions affecting MPOJC planning funds. Kent. Yeah, thanks. Just a quick update, uh, Kent Ralston, Director. Um, the Iowa DOT had notified us uh, here a while back that the Federal Highway Administration had rescinded about $74,000 worth of Iowa's PL, or planning funds, as they're known. Uh, the rescission was a result of the 2017 Appropriations Act and accounted for about 4% of the state's total PL funds. Um, <clears throat> just by way of background, the, the planning funds or the PL funds that we receive pay for about a third of the MPO's budget. Uh, it's about $200,000 a year. And maybe even more importantly than that is that the total funding rescission across the entire state uh, was almost $11.5 million, so that's a, a, um, across all programs. Um, you know, the DOT covered the loss of those PL funds um, to the MPO this year and essentially held us harmless for 2018, but from what I'm hearing, there's already discussions of further rescissions in 2019 and beyond. So even though this rescission would have amounted to maybe $10,000 for our MPO, give or take, um, it does concern me that this will either continue on for future years and, and you know the cumulative effect will, will affect our budget a lot more than it does this year um, and or that rescission amount might actually increase. So whenever this sort of thing happens, I like to keep the board apprised. Um, it's obviously concerning to me because transportation funding is already um, critical and hard to get as it is. Um, so I'll continue to monitor that. I don't have a good feeling for what will happen, but I can only imagine that amount's gonna grow and we'll probably continue on uh, into the future. So um, we like to hold everyone's assessments level or even reduce them as we have in the past uh, few recent years. Um, this is the kind of thing that if it does you know, accumulate and become an issue, it may affect assessments someday. Um, I hope it doesn't get there. But anyway, uh, I'm happy to answer any questions if anybody has any, uh, but at this time, I just plan to keep you all, keep you all apprised. Any questions for Kent? All right, thank you. We'll move on to three, let me make sure I'm in the right place, 3D, update on the potential for a federal aid swap in Iowa whereby state funding could replace federal funding for road bridge projects. Kent? Yeah, thanks. So this is an issue that's been discussed um, on and off for several, several years at the Iowa uh, legislature. Some of you may have been following it. Uh, this year, House File 203, which was signed into law, now permits the Iowa Transportation Commission to allow what's commonly referred to as a federal aid swap. Uh, generally, it's a process whereby city and county road and bridge funds that are projects that would have formerly been funded with federal funding 
the, that funding would then be swapped with state funding with the general goal of um, finding efficiencies. So whether that's in less permitting, because these aren't federal funds, they're now state funds, um, whether that is uh, um, different bidding requirements, it could have an effect on disadvantaged business enterprise regulations, uh, Davis-Bacon wages, Buy America Act, all those things are affected by that because those are all through the federal um, government. So it, generally speaking, the DOT is trying to find some efficiencies with these. I actually went to Ames yesterday for an MPO director's meeting where we talked about this fairly extensively. Um, the upshot is, is that the DOT will try to have a full draft plan to us uh, this fall yet for review, and then they're hoping to actually implement the swap if possible next year. Um, I think from what I'm hearing, it will be an opt-in or opt-out. It won't be project by project. So if we choose to opt into the swap, it'll be, I don't know if it's gonna be an annual agreement or if it's just until further notice, but I think we'll be able to opt-in or opt-out. I don't have a good feeling for what the Technical Advisory Committee uh, how they'll how they'll see that and and the same goes with this board so okay. i plan to keep you all apprised i i don't have a lot of the information yet um as the dot doesn't either i actually attached in your packet a uh, email um from Stu anderson uh with systems planning at the dot it's got his email address in there and some information about what they're looking for at this point um they've started stakeholder meetings uh some mpos are represented ours is not However, uh, Scott Sovers with the City of Iowa City is on that uh, committee as well. They were trying to keep the numbers down. Uh, there's just too many MPOs and RPAs. Um, so we do have some local representation, um, but I think there's more questions than answers at this point. Um, we will see if they have that draft plan yet this fall. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that bled over into next year, but again, I'll keep you apprised. And I would think at some point, um, you know, within the next year, we'll probably have some, some long and healthy discussions, I would imagine, about the federal aid swap. All right. Any questions for Kent? All right. Thank you. Moving on to item 4E, an update on the I-380, I-80 corridor projects. Yeah, I didn't put a, an actual memo in your packet on this, but there is an attachment. It's the uh, Iowa DOT news release uh, with regards to reconstruction of I-80 and Herbert Hoover Highway. So the Department of Transportation held a uh, public information meeting uh, the Tuesday before last, uh, September 12th, to discuss some design alternatives with the public. And in your packet, I attached the two design alternatives, which did not reproduce well. Um, the two designs that they're talking about, the first is sort of a modified diamond interchange, kind of your typical interchange. And the other is a much more interesting uh, design where they would actually have roundabouts on either side of the Herbert Hoover Bridge, um, mm -hmm. where the on and off ramps meet. Uh, those are the two that were discussed at the public meeting, and I don't want to put Kathy on the spot, but if Kathy has anything to add, I'm, I'm sure she was at the public meeting. Would you come up to the, Kathy, could you come up to the microphone? <clears throat> Thank you. The idea for the roundabouts actually came from the county. Yeah, that's that great. Was a great design. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't want to put you on the spot, Kathy, but is what's the next step in the process? Uh, we have a public comment period that'll go for a couple weeks. Um, we'll take the comments, review them at staff level, and then feed that back into management for a decision on the type of interchange. Great. And this is on the five-year program? It is, in okay. 2021. 2021. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Any questions for Kent on this one? All right. Well, moving right along, 4F, we are down to the update from Iowa City staff on significant community projects. Jason Howell. 
Hi, Jason. Good afternoon. Uh, Jason Hovel, city engineer for the city of Iowa City. Um, I promise to keep this brief. It's mostly pictures, so I uh, should go quick. Just to, to give you a brief update on um, some of the, the major projects going on right now within Iowa City. Um, these are at various stages, but uh, again, just to kind of give you an update. First one here, Davenport Street brick reconstruction. So this reconstructed two blocks of Brick Street. Um, so that was Davenport Street from Clinton Street to Lynn Street. Um, that recently opened up back to traffic. Um, and again, it was really just replacing the existing brick surface and improved the, the base of the roadway so it'll make it uh, last much, much longer than it did previously. Um, Hebel Avenue reconstruction, this is the road that goes out to the landfill. This one is, pre is uh, currently under construction. Um, this one will then tie into IWV Road, which the county has been working on, um, and that'll uh, not only have they been working on it, but that will also continue. Uh, as many of you know, we have a, a joint project for IWV Melrose uh, piece in the CIP as well. Um, so I, I think for schedule for that one, we're looking at probably uh, completion yet this fall, probably in the next month or two. IWV is paving next week. For that portion of it? Good. Um, bicycle master plan, um, obviously most or, or all of you know that we recently adopted a, a new bicycle master plan, um, a component of that. In, in Certainly a, a common topic of discussion has been the four-lane to three-lane conversions here in Iowa City. Um, we have a number of those that have happened or are in the process of happening. Um, just kind of some highlights there. The First Avenue uh, four-lane to three-lane conversion shown here um, was done in conjunction with the Great Separation Project. That one is complete, open in traffic, and uh, seems to be doing uh, pretty well. Um, the next one will be likely the Burlington-Clinton intersection improvements, which will include a four-lane to three-lane conversion of Clinton Street. Uh, we had bid that earlier this year. Unfortunately, we didn't receive any bids, um, so we're looking at bidding that this fall, likely start construction first thing next spring, and, and hopefully get that one taken care of. Um, similar to that, the Burlington-Madison intersection improvement project, um, that one looks to add turn lanes um, Originally had include medians um, as part of the original design. We are currently in the process of uh, finalizing a contract with a consultant to um, basically pick that design back up and move forward with that project. As part of that, we likely will look to see if medians are still what we want to do with that project. Um, I think a lot of the goals are still the same. Um, you know, as far as pedestrians and bicycles and, and just getting everybody through that portion of the corridor, um, but just seeing if, if medians are still the way we want to do it. Um, so like I said, design is, we'll start shortly on that one. Um, I think construction was scheduled for 18. We'll have to see where that ends up, depending on how much change um, happens during the design. That may slide, but again, at this point, that's where we're at. Um, and then I guess the other one I kind of wanted to mention was uh, Gilbert Street. Um, as many of you know, we're currently uh, in the study phase for that one to see if uh, a four-lane to three-lane conversion is the route we want to go or um, if there might be other alternatives that might be a, a better solution. Um, but again, that, that study is ongoing. So on to the, 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 I would call them the big two, kind of the ones we get most of the questions about. The first one being riverfront crossings. Um, off to the right here, you'll see kind of the, the master plan for the park. Um, for those of you that aren't as familiar, this is the, the site of the old North Wastewater Treatment Plant um, that is scheduled to be the Riverfront Crossings Park. There's two phases that we're currently working on. Phase one looks to 
focus on the the constructed wetlands the the stream corridor work um, as well as a lot most of the grading and trail work for the park that is currently underway um, if you haven't been out there recently i would encourage you to do so it looks a lot different than it did even just a few months ago um, so they've been doing a lot of work uh, my understanding is the bridge the pedestrian bridge is supposed to be in um, here pretty much any time now um, so i think that will again be a big change and, and really start to show what that, that park's gonna be like. Um, the second phase will be the natural play area. Um, that one was recently bid, um, working on finalizing that contract and getting that started. Um, that's what's pictured here in the middle, um, and that's really, uh, will be uh, a portion of the park. Um, and again, that focuses on kind of a natural play area for, for people to use. Uh, final one, gateway project. Obviously, I'm assuming everybody is familiar with this one at this point. Um, so. Where we're at with this one, uh, as a reminder, uh, it was kind of three projects in one. It was the, the sewer main, um, it was the Park Road Bridge, and then it was elevation of Dubuque Street. Um, currently, traffic is um, on a portion of the what will be the final uh, southbound lanes. Um, the crossover is currently in front of Mayflower. Um, hopefully, around the Thanksgiving time frame, we will shift that uh, crossover down closer to Park Road um, and utilize the majority of the southbound lanes. Um, and then that would take us through the winter. The bridge construction obviously is ongoing. Um, you can see a lot of steel going up right now. Um, the interesting thing about that is they really are building almost two bridges. They essentially build uh, a temporary bridge and then they build a permanent bridge off of that. So the steel is really just in order to enable them to build the permanent structure. Um, but obviously, again, if you haven't been out there recently, I would encourage you to do so. It's, it's pretty amazing to see all the work that's going on out there. Um, and then usually the, the question is, when's it gonna be done? Um, I, that's tough to answer. I'll give you the usual disclaimer that it depends on a lot of things, weather being a big one. Um, if we continue to get favorable weather, especially through the winter, I think the goal would be to have people on the permanent lanes and, and kind of have it open at least to traffic uh, by start of school next year. Again, there would be work to do, um, but I think that would be the, the goal at this point. With that, that's it. Hopefully short, sweet. Any questions for Jason? All right. Yeah, I, I, well, I will just comment on the Gateway Project. It's, I mean, that's a huge, huge undertaking. And to see the progress that we've made in the last year and a half, roughly, since we started with that, I think it was a, a really big eye-opener for people as they saw those southbound lanes getting higher and higher and higher, and now that people are actually driving on half of it, and you can really come down that slope uh, for the crossover right now. But I think people are getting a better idea of what it's really going to look like. I think, I hope that that people are feeling better about the what it is going to actually look like when it's done. I think the wall along the river looks really good, um, so it's going to be exciting to have that finished. So. I think it's funny that I remember when they first put in the, the temporary paving and it was basically the same elevation as the yeah. current paving and people, we got numerous phone calls saying, I thought it would be higher. <laughs> and so I think people are really starting to see it now that you're actually on that final elevation. Oh yeah. Well, and, and even when you get on what are the northbound lanes and you're to your right, yep. it's way up above you and you realize how high the rest of it's going to be. So you really get that sense. So it's the biggest engineering, most expensive engineering project we've ever done in Iowa City? Correct. Correct. Okay. So it's a big one. All right. Any other questions for Jason? Thank you All right, very thank much. You. Okay. Any other business? I would entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. That's my job.
Second. By the Iowa City, second by the county. All those in favor say aye. Aye. We are adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.